Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. No games on the schedule? That doesn't stop us from talking football. It's time for the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Show. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are your hosts, past WFCA president and associate head coach at Arrowhead, Tom Swiddle, and the fans' high school insider, big time Mike McGivern. Well, welcome into the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. Thanks for joining us, my co-host, past president of WFCA, WFCA Hall of Fame member, and associate head coach at Heartland Arrowhead. He is Tom Swiddle. Coach, how you been? I've been great. How about you, Mike? I've been good. Yeah, everything's going well. Tell me... uh. A little bit about how the first, I guess, week or two has been out at, at Arrowhead for you guys. I know it's what a weird time that we're in, but just wondering how things are going for you. Going really well. I'm, I'm impressed with the way the, the players have adapted to you know our new rules of engagement. And uh, we've had very, very productive strength and conditioning sessions. We had our first contact day last night. Um Things are really running smoothly. That's good news. Hey, um, so let me run down today's show a little bit. The first three segments, we're talking about the Hall of Fame. And our first guest is John Hoke, and we're set with John. And and Dan Brunner uh, is going to make the announcement of the 2021-2021 inductees. And then 1030, uh, we've got a coach that's going to be on that that we're going to announce at at, uh, 1015. So I'm not going to. I tell you who that is. Want that to be a surprise. 1045, Joel Nellis and Matt Kern. We're going to talk youth football discussion. A lot to discuss this time. What's going on with COVID-19 and how they're doing that. At 1115, a couple of new head coaches. And I I love when I've got a guy like Tom Swiddle, who, again, he is uh, past president of WFCA. He's a Hall of Fame member. He's been coaching football a long time. To have first-year head coaches on 
that can kind of gain a little knowledge from talking to a guy like Tom, which is awesome. At 11.45, we've got a corporate sponsor from BSN that's going to join us, and they're a big sponsor of the WFCA. We want to say thank you to Eric on that. But our first guest, and we're having that Hall of Fame discussion, is John Hoke. Hey, John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, doing great. Just had a little storm uh, go through up here. I'm really up in Lake City, Minnesota with my son right now. Man, well, that's good. Say hi to him for us. Hey, let's yep. uh, this this time of year and, and what's going on with, with our, our country with COVID-19, you know, the whole Hall of Fame part of, of the discussions that, that we've had in the past. And, we you know, we've taken a lot of time to announce the inductees and all of that. You guys have had to kind of change up a little bit with the thought process on everything. How is that going? It, it went really well. Uh, you know, we did it uh, in June like we usually did. We, of course, did it virtually with a Zoom meeting. Uh, you know, that was different. And uh, But got everybody together, discussed our nominations that we had, and, uh, you know, it ended up really well. We had to make some changes this year because we did not – we're not able to uh, induct our uh, 2020 class, so they're going to be next year with the 2021 class. And, and because of that, we uh, decided instead of inducting 10 members, we're going to add five for next year and then five the following year. So it gives us a total of 15. We just needed to get some great candidates out there that, that we needed to um, make sure that we got everybody involved. John, we have, you know, sort of a, a system in which we, we make our selections for the Hall of Fame, and, and uh, there's so many great candidates. Obviously, there are some years when you have somebody that just jumps out at you and is a sort of a no-brainer, um, but usually, you know, there's, there's a lot of candidates that are there, and, and we have kind of a point system that we use and, and without getting into too uh, many specifics about it, uh, you know, what are some of the things that the selection committee weighs as we make these uh, choices? One is definitely longevity. Yeah. When you, when you look into it and, you know, you first you have to be over 50 years old, but then when we get into specifics of it, we look at, you know, the, the recommendations or the nominations, uh, their, their letter of recommendation from who they are and, you know, we as much as we'd like to say we know everybody. Uh, you know, I I'm I was in the southwest part of the state, going up to the northeast part. I don't know all the coaches there. I do know know some that stick out, like you say, are a slam dunk uh, to go in. And um, so we we look at that. Um, we we do a little point. We do a rubric where uh, we look at you know success, uh, longevity. Uh, how they are involved in the WSCA is an important aspect also, and just uh, what they do in the community and, and all of those type of things. And we have, a, a, you know, when we make selections, we have categories. So, um, you know, you have the head coach category, but we also have an assistant coach category. We have a college coach category. We also have sort of a combo, we call it, assistant coach, head coach. And I'm not aware that, that other organizations do it this way, but I think it's really served us well. It, it has. It, it gets us an idea of, you know, it puts them in a general area, and then you can look at, okay, if we had head coaches and say there are 10 candidates plus, we also have to remember that, 
you know, once you've been nominated, you're on that list for five years. And sometimes you don't make it the first year, but you make it the second or third year or even the fourth or fifth year um, with that. But we, with the head coaches, you look at and then you kind of compare those. And the assistant coaches, we like to get those people involved. The college coach, we like to have that also be an involved situation. So um, when we when we do that, we, we can kind of break it up instead of just saying, here's 20 coaches to look at. And that really helps. We are talking with John Hoke from, from Lancaster. He was inducted Hall of Fame in 2010. And, John, so you understand these five guys that we're going to announce um, with Dan Brunner in the next segment, you know, what a great time for them and, and the amount of uh, the emotional feelings that they have when they get that call that they're going to be going to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Hall of Fame. It's just what a great feeling for them. And I'm sure that you remember when you got that call back in 2010. Yeah, it's, it's one of the exciting moments of, of, of a coaching career. You know, a lot of people, I mean, we have people that we try to get into it and some say they don't want to until they're totally done coaching and, and all that, and so don't we've had people turn us down, and uh, we understand that. But when you get that call, and my process right now is when I call them, it, it's one of my highlights is to be the person that tells them that they're going into the Hall of Fame. And uh, I remember when Dick Rundle called me and said, "Hey, Coach, we just want to let you know." I said, "What?" <laughs> you know, you, you just couldn't believe it because it's not one of those things that you. Uh, uh, I, I guess that's not a, a – Tom could tell me, but it's not like something that you put on your goal list when you're a, a coach. It's, oh, I want to – I'm coaching because I want to be in the Hall of Fame. That's not at all. And so it's just kind of like a little icing on the cake, a little more uh, ice cream or whatever you want to <laughs> – A la mode. <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah. And, and, Tom, we've had that discussion, too, that, you know, what a what a highlight – for, for, for everybody when, when they're told that, and, and these guys that, that we're going to announce with Dan Brunner in the next segment, um, obviously when you had to cut it down to that number, uh, the cream of the crop, there's going to be some guys that will get in the following year that probably would have gotten in in 2021 had this not been going on, correct? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's no question that we had some really strong candidates this year and and it was a decision that the uh, Hall of Fame committee made that we have to limit for the next year for the reasons John spoke about but uh, um, yes there, there's no question there's some people that are already high on our list for next year would you say that's correct John yeah that is uh, you know I, I uh, pull all my notes from it and you know, we got eight or nine that we said, hey, these are people that are strong candidates that didn't make it this year that might have been close to making it that we're going to definitely look at for next year. And, uh, you know, and I, I do have to say this about this year. And, uh, Joe Labuda was supposed to go in on it uh, in 2020, and he had a record number of people coming from Nominee, uh, you know, all the way down to Madison for it. Was, he was going to have over 200 that's kind of why we limited it so that we can get everybody in and, and give them their well-deserved award. But uh, Joe, just you can just imagine how good a coach he was, and or still is, I should say, and the support that he has gained at Menominee. Uh, uh, we've never had somebody have so many people want to come for one person. Boy, that's well, – Mike, Mike, you you participated yourself. I mean, I, I remember when – 
um, we announced on the show <laughs> your, um, you know, your award that you won, and you were going to be honored at the Hall of Fame banquet. How surprised you were, and and happy, and really humble. And then, of course, you know, you went through the entire uh, ceremony at the banquet, and and um, you know, your impressions of all of that, Mike. You know, Tom, I'm I am looking right now in the office at my house where I, we do the shows. Um, my wife uh, Terry did a beautiful job and got one of the shadow box kind of frames, and the plaque and pictures of my family and my friends, and the Hall of Fame banquet of March 25th, 2017, the program. And in the middle of that picture, Tom is my mom, who passed away April 2nd of this year. And I remember when I walked uh, to see her when she got there and she looked around and she said, I can't, I can't believe how big this is. And I said, well, what did you think? She said, I thought it was going to be like a St. Peter and Paul awards maker where there'd be like 40 people. And I said, no, Ma. She said, well, Michael, I would have dressed a little different. Why didn't you tell me this? I said, no, you look fine, Ma. You look fine. But she was so impressed there were so many people that went up to her and introduced themselves and, and uh, said, hey, I hear your son talking about you on the radio a lot. That we, we talk about that event, and I get a chance to look at it every single day, guys, because it's right, right on the wall. Um, you know, when I look at my computer, it's right there to the left. That's how big of a deal that was for me and my family and for the people that, that we had up to that event were just so impressed and so surprised. And it was just really cool. You know, Tom, if you remember in the studio, I was giving you the, hey, we got to go to break. <laughs> I was, and I was really mad at you guys. I'm like, we got to go. We're, we're way late. And you were like, we got one more. I said, and I'm thinking, we have no time for this, boys. We got to go. And then you did that to me. I almost punched you right after, just so you know. <laughs> well, I, I would have welcomed that punch because it would have been well worth it to just to see your reaction. <laughs> hey, um, John, before we let you go, and we, we've got to get um, we got to get to a break. But uh, looking at your bio, and, and this is really off the to- the topic that we're talking about right now. But you know, it says that that you're a teacher for emotionally and behavioral uh, challenged children, and and I want to just kind of get that part of your your mind thinking with what's going on COVID nineteen. I've talked to a number of people that are telling me, and they've told me that the untold story about what's going on right now is that as parents and grandparents, we have to pay special attention to our kids because there are some depression issues going on because they're not, kids aren't getting in the classroom to see their friends. They're not um, being active on the, on the playground or on the field and getting you know, their, their workouts in. And I'm just wondering for you, how important do you think it is for these kids, for their mental state, that we get back to some sort of normalcy as far as school and playing football? Uh, I think that's the, that's the biggest important thing that we are talking about as a WFCA. It's not the idea of playing football or, uh, you know, their physical condition. That it's The kids need to be by uh, each other that they've been separated from. And I, I hate to tell you this, I need to be by the kids and, yeah. and for my yes. mental state and uh, th- those type of things. But the emotional and uh, the mental stress that they're having – in my conversations with kids, I, I know we we finally were able to get something started after the first of July down in Lancaster, and that first 
workout session it was just like oh god yeah hey it, it's kind of almost like being normal and and getting the kids in and it's unbelievable the you know we hardly have anybody missed who want to be by you know their session where they can be in with a group of kids and talk and communicate and even though they have to we do we are very tight with what we do 10 in the building and that but the emotional part is so important and tom can agree to this uh, i know that he's involved over at arrowhead now and sure for the kids they 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 need that even though they might have been working out here there or wherever the idea of coming together as a team or a group from the same school is is crucial it is. Hey, John, yeah. Tom, I'm sorry. we got to get yep. to a break. I'm going to give Dan Brunner uh, the full segment of the announcement of the 2021 inductees. John Hoke, thank you very much. Uh, stay safe up, up in uh, Minnesota. Hopefully those storms have passed. Say hi to your son. And I, we really appreciate uh, a few minutes of your time. Yeah, that's no problem. I tell you what, it's tough to tough to hold off and not talk about the candidates that we have, but you have five outstanding that Dan's going to come in the next session. At well, our, Dan, our Dan Brunner's texting me, telling me that you better tell John Hoke not to steal any of my thunder. So we're going to let you go. Have a great <laughs> okay. day, John. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, Dan Brunner is going to announce the 2021 inductees into the WFCA hall of fame. This is the pick and save. Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Mike McGiver, my co-host, the associate head coach at Heartland Arrowhead. He's Tom Swiddle. Our next guest, this is a really fun, big segment for us. He is Dan Brunner. He's the executive director for the WFCA, and he's going to make the announcement of the five uh, 2021 inductees into the Hall of Fame for the WFCA. Hey, Dan, how you doing? Good, good, Mike. Good morning, uh, Mike and Tom. Good morning. Good morning, Dan. Tom, I'm going to turn this over to you, and you and Dan can make the announcements. Okay, thank you very much, Mike. And, uh, you know, obviously, Mike, this has always been a special show, and it's a little different this year. Not as many guys, but it's uh, equally as as special as it's always been. And, and Dan, um, I think we've decided how we want to do this year. We're going to do this uh, alphabetically, and uh, you're going to – uh, announce the the uh, inductee, and I will give a little background on him. How does that sound? Yep, sounds great, Tom. Happy to do that. Ready? All right, so go ahead, Dan. Okay, uh, you want me to hit the first inductee now? Yes. Yeah, let's just go right to the first All right, inductee. sounds good. Um, and again, alphabetically, and we're going to start with the high school head coaches. Um, first is just an outstanding individual, Tony Violo head coach at Wisconsin Rapids. Well, Tony, he's, he not only has a, a, a fantastic coaching background, but talk about somebody who's done so many things for the WFCA. Mike, Tony's coached a total of 30 years, 17 as a head coach and 13 as an assistant. And um, during that time, he's been a part of 160 wins. Um, they've had four conference championships, 15 playoff appearances. They've been state runner-up two times under Tony's leadership, and he's been conference coach of the year twice. 
what's kind of interesting about Tony is his lineage. I mean, if you look at, you know, his background and people he's been around, he's kind of grown up in a Hall of Fame lineage. His grandpa is in the WFCA Hall of Fame. His uncle, uh, Bill Collar, is in the um, WFCA Hall of Fame. Um, he played for Hall of Fame coach Fred Kuehl, and he's coached under Hall of Famers Wayne Steffenhagen and Ken Beagle. Those are certainly all individuals that Dan knows very well. Oh, yeah. um, but, you know, Dan, let's just talk just for a minute about Tony's WFCA service. You know, this is a man who's been a district rep, northern vice president. Um, he's already had one term as WFCA president, and he's presently the president-elect. He will serve a second term for that. And talk about just briefly, Dan, some of those other committees and things that, that he's always in charge of. Sure. Yeah, you can't find anybody who, who is a better representative of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association. He's also the combine chairman and um, has turned that combine into a combine that is so respected across the nation that we get numerous calls from other uh, states wondering how to set up a combine. Um, our combine is, we, you know, we'll draw between 80 and 100 college coaches to it, and we've had numerous kids get offered scholarships out of it, and, and that's just one of the things that Tony does for the WFCA. And, and if you look at Tony, you'd say, there's no way he's old enough to be a Hall of Fame coach. I mean, he's like the Dick Clark of the uh, <laughs> football coaches in the state of Wisconsin. You know, he and Bill Young have that eternal youth to them, but um, he's just what a great example of, of the uh, football coach and a person. Absolutely. Dan, if we can get to the second one, that'd be great. Okay, here we go. Tony DeSalvo, head coach at St. Croix Central. Once again, Tony's uh, background, 22 years as a head coach, uh, 15 as an assistant, a part of 151 wins as a head coach, 89 more as an assistant. Um, They've been uh, conference champions five years. Um, They've 15 years in the playoffs, one state championship, and two state runners-up. He's also been, of course, involved in our All-Star game where he was um, an assistant one year and a head coach another. Yeah, great man, Tony DeSalvo, another great representative of the WFCA. And, and guys, we're going to talk to him in the next segment. We're going to get a chance to congratulate him and talk a little bit about his feelings when he got that that call um, Dan, if you can go to the third, that would yep. be great. Third high school head coach being inducted is Steve King from Holman. Here's an interesting fact on Steve. He played both at Holman High School and UW Lacrosse, and he's coached at both of his alma maters. Um, Steve had 155 wins as a head coach, a conference champ five times, uh, 18 years in the playoffs. He was coach of the year four times. He also won the pretty prestigious Marge and Dick Rundle Positive Influence of Coaching Award in 2014 um, for the WFCA and coach in the All-Star Game in 1994. All right. Our fourth inductee, and this is in the uh, assistant coach category, it's Pat Bundy from Menominee High School. Imagine, Dan, if you had a defensive coordinator that was with you for 25 years. Wow. And contributed to a 285 victories. Um, and not only were you the defensive coordinator, but you led the conference in defense 13 of your 25 years 
as the yeah. defensive coordinator. I mean, Menominee is just an outstanding uh, program. Um, they've won 17 conference championships, 29 years in the playoffs when Pat was coaching there, four state championships and two years state runner-up. And something that I think we really are happy about is that Pat is going in um, with Joel Labuda, and as John Hogue mentioned in the first segment, the you know over 200 people from Menominee that will be coming down to actually cheer on two of their people. Yeah, we may we may have to raffle off uh, tickets for that Menominee. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> All right, our fifth inductee, and and this is just one outstanding individual, and it's in our college coach category. It's Pat. Saroni from UW-Oshkosh. Yeah, Pat has been at Oshkosh since 2007, so 13 years as the head coach there. And prior to becoming head coach, Mike, Pat was the defensive coordinator at um, Oshkosh for seven years. Um, And has he done a great job there, Mike, in turning that program around to national prominence? He has 103 wins. They have won the WIAC championship four times. They've been in the NCAA playoffs five years. And, of course, they had a great run a few years ago where they were the national runners-up. But when you take a look at Pad and anybody that knows him, it's, it's not just the coaching but how he you know, influences his players and how much those guys really love him. He has coached 54 players to 75 first-team all-WIAC, and he's coached 19 players to 24 All-American honors. Wow. So this is a man who has really left his mark on that program. He really he really has. Hey, Tom, when we talked about, um, you know, this picture that I look at every day with my mom, and I remember we had uh, Pat on one of our shows a few years ago, and my mom would listen to this high school show every single week from 10 to noon, no matter what. And, and my phone was going off when Pat was on the air. And I thought, well, that's weird. And my mom knows I'm on the, the air. I wonder what she's calling. And then she called again. So I, I went to a quick break, and we held Pat over for a second segment. And I ran outside. I said, you all right? She said, yeah, I wouldn't play for this guy. I go, what? <laughs> she goes, he's too cocky for me. And I said, my, he's not trying to recruit, you know, an 89-year-old lady with a bad knee. And she said, I have some eligibility left, but I don't think I would play for him. Well, every time that, that his name comes up, that's what I think about. And and she was, and I went back on the air and told him that. He said, yeah, you're, you tell your mom you're right. I, I am pretty cocky, a little bit confident in what I do. So I congratulate these five. If you can, Dan, um, let's go through all five again and, and, and name them. And uh, certainly congratulations to these guys. Yeah. And, again, our five are Tony Biolo, Wisconsin Rapids. Uh, Tony DeSalvo from St. Croix Central, Steve King from Holman, Pat Bundy, Menominee, and Pat Cerrone, UW Oshkosh. Boy, what a great group that is. And, and Dan, I know uh, John Hoke and Tom talked in that first segment how difficult it was because there were a lot of guys that, that – you know, that could have gotten in 2021, but because you had to kind of limit it to those five, um, the the really cream of the crop right there. Oh, man. I mean, mean, this has turned into like you see in the NFL or in Major League Baseball where you're just splitting hairs to make that final cut. And and as you and, and Tom and John talked about in the first segment, 
there are a number of no-brainers uh, for future classes. So uh, there will be some very deserving guys getting in next year. You know, um, Tom, I love the fact that if, if there is a silver lining to, to what's going on and, and um, us having to, to, to kind of readjust the banquet and all of that, the silver lining is that the, the nominee is going to show really strong next year at that banquet. And as Tom said, if we or if Dan said, if we have to uh, if you guys have to auction off some of those tickets. But I just think to have those two guys go in at the same time is going to be something they will never forget. Well, I agree. It is really going to be special and wild in that banquet hall. Yeah, I I would think I don't know who who stocks some of the beverages up at that hall, but you might want to know that Menominee's coming strong for that one. Hey, hey, Dan, last last question before we cut you loose. Everything's good. You and your family. Everybody's healthy. Yeah, every, everything's going going well up to this point. That's awesome. Uh, I miss talking to you, Dan. I, I miss seeing you. I can't wait to get you back in studio. Um, please say hi to your family for us, and thank you so much for that announcement. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, from St. Croix Central, Tony DeSalvo, new 2021 inductee into the Hall of Fame, the Wisconsin Football Coach Association Hall of Fame, will be our guest. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coach Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, my co-host, past president of the WFCA, He's a Hall of Fame member himself, and he's associate head coach at Heartland Era, Tom Swiddle. Hey, Tom, I, I love today's show, and I, I, I love the announcement, the excitement of, of who, who they're going to be, and, and uh, Dan Brunner does as good a job as anybody when it comes to this stuff. Boy, does he ever. And, you know, we just know how special this whole Hall of Fame thing is, and the fact that, you know, we can share that with our listeners is, is fantastic. And one of the five that are going in in 2021, and I've done some background stuff on him, and boy, is he well-deserving. He is, uh, was the head coach at St. Croix Central. He's Tony DeSalvo. Hey, Tony, congratulations, and, and can we talk a little bit about when you got the phone call and, and, and how that made you feel? Good morning, fellas. Yeah, I was, I'm really humbled and honored by this uh Coach Hoke and, and Dan Brunner what a, and the committee, while wow, it was amazing. I was delivering Meals on Wheels when I got the phone call one, one Thursday, and John called me and said, you made the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, wow, it was amazing. I'm just so honored and so humbled by it. Great kids and great coaches and great families. You know, it's a, it's a really honor. Now, Tony, I, I've been told that they're thinking about naming a street after you in St. Croix, and if not, why? They should be, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. We've had some great kids, and, and it makes makes me a lot smarter. That's for sure. I was not a very smart person. When you have great players and and great families around you, and a great family that I have, uh, makes you a lot smarter and a lot better. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, Tony, if they do that, make sure it's not a boulevard, because you know people walk their dogs on boulevards, and you want to make sure it's a street <laughs> or an avenue, if if, if yeah. you can. Hey, um, yeah. 
you, you know, Tony, with what's going on in COVID-19 and, and uh, WFC only being able to have five, you know, if you look at the the, uh, the group that, that was uh, 2020's group, and you guys are going to be added to that group, what a night that is going to be because there are some, uh, just some really big-named, well-deserved guys that are going in it, and that banquet will be for them and for you. It's going to be a, a night to remember for sure. Oh, fun night. Uh, a lot of guys that we know, and uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I know my family and a lot of the guys that I have had a lot of contact with and a lot of my old former coaches and, and former players, too, are really excited for me. So, yeah, it'll be a fun night. I'm looking forward. I've got the reservations already made, so we're excited for it. I just want to know what room you're in so I can come up to your, your after party. <laughs> that, that's, that's probably my favorite part of the Hall of Fame evening is when the banquet ends and I can just get free food and drink all over the hotel. There you go. Louis, Louis Finer Meats and uh, lots of drink. That's for sure. We're going to have some fun. There's no doubt. Hey, That'll be Tom, a two- or three-nighter. Tom, you <laughs> notice he didn't give you his room number yet. He, he, he kind of avoided that, and uh, we probably wouldn't want to put that out over the year if he had it anyway. Um, Tony, when you look back at, at your career and, and, and what happens, I think, when you get that call, you start to reflect. And, and you've already said, look, we've had great players, and that's really helped. You, and the staffs that you've had over the years, obviously, um, have really been, been good. And, and certainly the community has been very supportive of what you were doing and, and the way you guys kind of went to went to your, you know, to the field every day and got after it and worked hard. Can we talk a little bit about about some of the staff uh, uh, assistant coaches that you've had over the years that just really had helped you become the head coach that you were? Well, sure. I you know I started uh, uh, back in '86 with uh, I, I, st- I took over for Bob Thomas in Spring Valley, which was uh, you know a Hall of Fame member. Bob was an icon in Spring Valley. I was there for three years. I came out of college and and. Um, you know, thinking you knew everything and I didn't know anything. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot and learned a lot in those three years. And then I came over to central in 89 and was an assistant coach for 10 years and then, uh, learned a ton as an assistant, probably more, more so than even those three years as being a head coach and how to delegate and how to use your assistants. And you have to have faith and confidence in those kids, those guys. And, and, um, and I, I, I really used that in my 20 years then at Central and being the head coach here and, and uh, trying to delegate and let them have a share of, of uh, you know, the, the buy-in to the team and the buy-in to, you know, the success of having good players and, and uh, just getting after it and working hard. I, you know, I, I think back to Greg Powell back in Spring Valley and Brad Save and, and then coming over to Central with Ben Lamb and Nick Kaiser, guys that, uh, stuck by me and, and said we got to get to work. And Steve Sanders and and Gary Reinick were all instrumental in that. And and the former head coach here and and uh, you know then I've got some good guys right now. Uh, Ryan Berg and, and John Tackman I had, had as my assistants and Zach Turpin and guys that have moved on and helped their careers and and uh, really helped a lot. Though so they bought in and watched a lot of film and watched a lot of games and we uh, practiced hard and, and worked hard at it and. Uh, we had a lot of fun at it, and and um, you know I'm still still going to it, so sure. it's kind of fun, um, you know, just meeting all the play all the coaches and you know talking about this COVID thing, and and uh, you know I, I was just going through that the other day with all the coaches in the league and all the coaches that I know and talking to those guys, and 
you know, it's just amazing uh, the people that you meet and, and to greet. And, and uh, you know, you just, it's a, it's quite an honor. It really is. It's so much fun. And, and guys that are in it for the right reasons, you know, there are guys that you don't see a lot of guys in it for over 30 years anymore. And, and uh, hopefully uh, we can get a few more guys that are doing that and, and dedicating a lot of time and effort into this thing too. So we've had a lot of fun and uh, a, lot of, a lot of great, a lot of great memories. That's for sure. Tony, you said so many, you know, great things uh, just then, and and uh, I, you know, I've always felt like, you know, maybe my greatest strength as as a head coach was surrounding myself with great people, you know, and and the way I know I relied on assistant coaches, and um, again, I, I've I've had some great assistants through the years, guys that have made me look good, and I'm just so Absolutely. appreciative of that, and. And the fact that that you know you you say the same thing, and I, I think every Hall of Fame coach would be able to say that. Absolutely, you know, guys that, you know, they they don't want to have some of those responsibilities and take on sometimes administrators or parents or families or whatever you're dealing with. But you know, you got to have the tough skin and the thick skin, and they just wanted to go to work and, and love the game and love the kids and and loved uh, you know sometimes our philosophies. Uh, you know, clash a little bit, or we had some disagreements, but that you're going to have that with anything, and and uh, you know, got to get through that and and uh, relay that to your your athletes, and and we certainly tried to do that as best we could, and I think we had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, we had a lot of success doing it too, and and that makes it that makes it all worthwhile. Really we're talking, we're talking with Tony DeSalvo, St. Croix Central. He is uh, he is going to be in the 2021. Uh, Wisconsin Football Coach Association Hall of Fame, and uh, hey, hey uh, Coach, you had talked about you know COVID nineteen and everything going on. How are you guys adjusting to to this? How are your players and your kids and 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 the people in your community adjusting to all this? Well, I think it's just day by day. I, I don't know if there's really anything you can really do more than uh, you know be prepared and and have the guys in an hour and finally in the weight rooms and and working out again and and uh, we're going to have some camps now starting this week and and hopefully we can adjust things a little bit and and see how things are going to go for the the remainder of uh july and then give them a little time off and then hopefully we can start up in august but you know every i don't know it's just you gotta just take it day by day and and hopefully um everybody can adjust and the kids are pretty good at adjusting it's sometimes the uh, adults that have a little more difficulty uh, in adjusting to changes and, and things like that but uh, usually the athletes can handle that pretty well that's for sure hey uh, la- last question uh, before we get to a break and tom i am going to ask you as well as being the associate head coach at, at arrowhead and for as long as you guys have coached and and i hate to put you guys on the spot but if you look into your crystal ball um, and, and, and you may change your feeling hour by hour or day by day. Uh, do you feel like there, there will be football in the fall? And I'll start with you, Tony. I, I, I'm right now, if I were going to put a percentage on it, I, I, I'm thinking we're going to start. Um, I'm thinking that you're going to play some conference games. I'm hoping at least. And then uh, short, maybe the season gets shortened up. That's kind of a, that would be my, thinking on it maybe being done by you know starting early and being done by the end of october or so and then shutting everything else down i don't know i i really don't i you know the the nfl just tests positive 72 players the other day if they can't get this under control you know our high schools certainly aren't but we certainly need to and and uh you know it's a great game and and um you know i read now they want to there's a proposal out to maybe start and uh, go in the spring and and uh 
you know, that's an op- opportunity too. If we can't get the season, in, let's play in the spring then. So, you know, <laughs> there's all sorts of ideas out there, but we, you know, eventually we've got to come down to, Hey, let's play and, and uh, let's see what we come up with here. But, um, you know, I certainly hope and, that uh, the fall can, uh, you know, we're going to miss football a whole bunch if we don't play it at any level, that's for sure. And, and uh, you know, it helps everyone. So I, I'm hey, open. Tom, I'm open. So <laughs> Tom, same, know. same question yeah. for you. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's a very good chance that we'll be able to start as scheduled on August 4th with practice. Um, I found it encouraging yesterday that uh, Iowa and Michigan announced that they are going to be starting as normal in August. Um, you know, Tony mentioned that there is a proposal that uh, could see football moved to the spring. I'm confident that there will be football this year. Um, I'm semi-confident that it will begin uh, as scheduled in August. But, you know, I, I think we're also ready for all kinds of contingency plans. You know, we'll react to whatever's happening in any given situation. So um, certainly I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, me, me too, for sure. Hey, Coach DeSalvo, thank you so much for your time, and, and we are so happy for you and your family, your community, and your staff. Um, 2021 inductee into the WFCA Hall of Fame. Really well-deserved, Tony. Congratulations, and looking forward to, to that night when it's just going to be a monster celebration. Uh, my recommendation to you is not give Swiddle what room number you're in. <laughs> Everybody but everybody but Tom, that's for sure. Yeah, but if you give it, just so you know, if you give it to me, I'm going to pass it along to Swiddle because he's my guy. So, Tony, okay. congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Very humbled by this. I really appreciate it. I'm very honored by this. Uh, appreciate it all. Thank you for guys all you do for the Wisconsin Football Coach Association, and, and uh, have a great day and a great rest of the summer. Keep your fingers crossed for the fall. You you got it. That's Tony DeSalvo from St. Croix Central. We're going to get you a break. Other side of the break, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to start talking youth football with uh, with Matt Kern and Joel Nellis. And uh, looking forward to that. We've got them for two segments. And so we will talk a little bit about what they're doing now with youth football and, and, and what they see um, happening here in the future uh, with that. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern, my co-host, is Tom Swiddle, Associate Head Coach at Heartland Arrowhead. Hey Tom, how great was that to have Tony DeSalvo on, and and how man, how excited he is, and you know, in typical Wisconsin Football Coach Association Hall of Fame guys, when we talk to him, you know, 14 seconds into him saying thank you, he talked about the players, his staff, his family, his community, and he understands the 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 whole picture and and how many people it takes to build a big program, and he certainly thanked all of them. Well, he sure. Uh, is he's exactly what you just described. He certainly has thanked everybody. But you know, even as humble as he, that is a great leader and and a great coach. And uh, he earned that that uh, recognition. Yes, he did. 
Hey, our next two segments, and uh, this first one is going to be a little bit shorter. second one will be a full segment. We're going to discuss youth football um, with two guys that uh, have been friends of this program. Uh, Matt Kern, the head football coach in Berlin Eisenhower, Joel Mellis uh, from Brookfield Central. Hey, Matt, let's start with you. How are you doing, and uh, how are things going over at Eisenhower? Hey, good morning, guys. Um, we're, doing, we're doing okay. You know, we got rolling about two weeks ago with some of our uh, weight training and speed and agility work. So uh, just like everybody else, we're trying to sort through the, the current landscape of things and um, seeing what the next week brings with announcements and, and news. Hey, hey, Matt, can I ask you real quick, uh, how much do you talk to other coaches about you know, what they're doing, how they're going to, to, to market on this thing, how they're figuring out what to do, when to do it. Uh, do you guys, I, I would assume that you guys talk a lot. Yeah, uh, we do. Because I think for all of us, I mean, you know, for football coaches and for any coaches, uh, I think we're planners by nature and we're, we're organized and we're detailed people. So when we're in this world where we don't have any of those things that we typically have and we don't have the schedule we typically have i think we're all just looking for some answers on, on how everybody's navigating this so yeah I, i'm pretty regularly in contact with a number of guys just to just to see what they're thinking on, on how to how to handle the you know july and the upcoming month here with august hey um, coach nellis uh from from brook central same question for you um I, how much do you get a chance to talk to other coaches about how they're seeing this this happening and things that they've tried that have worked and things that they tried that maybe haven't worked? I'm wondering how much you're in conversation with some of these guys. Yeah, we. Uh, I would say often. Um, I think, you know, as a as a group of coaches, kind of like how Echo with Coach Kern said, like you're trying to, you know, we're all trying to collaborate as best we can to get this right so that. You know, there's limited incidences. It protects the game. It protects the kids. It protects our staff. So, I would definitely say that we are very collaborative. I'll you know, I'll chat with Justin Gum probably twice a week as we try to navigate. As we're pretty close together. Um, talked to Coach Keith over at Marquette a couple of times. So, you know, we're all again maybe collaborating a lot a lot more than we would normally. Um, especially guys in your own conference you normally play against. But I think it's been really good dialogue and. I guess I'm really proud of our coaching association and tree that we're trying to get this right so that we can, you know, give ourselves the best chance come the fall. Hey, Tom, you know, we, we've had the discussion about youth football for years and how important youth football is uh, to these programs. And when you talk about some of the best programs in southeast Wisconsin, you talk about New Berlin Eisenhower and you talk about Brookfield Central and, you know, with COVID-19 and, and what's going on with that they're paying special attention, I think, to what's going on with their youth football programs. Yeah, I think you have to be because I'm sure the, the youth coaches uh, are, are looking towards the high school coaches for, for leadership on this. And um, I know uh, about 10 days ago I was on a um, state call with, with uh, youth football people from around the state. And, um, boy, you know, there's just a, a lot of, of uh, doom and gloom with some of the youth programs, wondering if they can even play this year, given the restrictions and things that uh, they would have to follow in order just to have a day of games of youth football. 
um, just really concerned that they would even have the personnel to pull this off. And, and really, you know, getting right into the meat of the topic, if we could for just one minute, um, you know, uh, Joel and, and Matt hosted um, a Zoom meeting in June with, with the people that uh, back in April and just short general impressions on how you felt your Zoom meeting went in June. Um, I could take that one. Um, you know, I thought it was good. I think Matt and I, as we've discussed this whole process, sort of recognize that major decisions can't be made in one or two Zoom calls. Um, so this group has now met a couple different times, I think two Zoom calls and a in-person meeting um, at a, a clinic. So I think that, you know, what we're coming to find out is everyone's passionate about youth football um, and all of our communities, although somewhat close together here in the southeast part of the state are all very different in terms of what families are used to and accustomed to and, you know, what they uh, view football at at each different level. Um, some programs are starting kids in helmets as early as, you know, first and second grade, not that they're making contact, but other programs are kind of saving that for later. So, you know, we're just finding out there's a lot of diversity in terms of what is offered and what is expected in each, in each different program. And, and same question, I think, um, if we can, Joel, for you, I, I, I think with youth football, and it is the basically the bloodline of, of, of our high school programs. And how are you guys doing this in, in the Brookfield Central uh, area? Are you guys, are the youth programs getting together right now with the idea that they're going to play a full schedule? Yeah, we are. Um, you know, the AAYFL has kind of set out some guidelines that they're going to plan to follow what the WIAA does. Um, I would say that our numbers at each level are lower than they've been in the past, and we're trying to navigate some of those solutions, whether it might be combining teams or delaying teams, et cetera. Um, you know, we're just having to get creative. We've, we've met with all of our parent groups and kind of explained our situation. Um, and, you know, it's some things that we have to continue to get better at. And um, But, yeah, we're, we're intending to play, uh, pending any other decision that would come our way. But, you know, I think people still want to get their kids enrolled in football in the fall. Um, but, you know, what it might look like at each level uh, is a little bit different and definitely different than what it's been in the past um, numbers-wise. No doubt. Hey, guys, let's get to a break. Let's set the break. We'll continue our conversation. Um, I've got a number of questions with, with uh, you know, COVID-19 and, and how we're figuring this stuff out. I know that with uh, as a sales rep at Intercom, you know, we're not allowed back in the, the building till probably September. And it's interesting that by working from home, there are some things that I think we've learned as a staff that we're going to carry over if we ever get back to, to the normalcy that we had, you know, five months ago that we're going to continue to do. And, and some of it, I think, has really kind of challenged us to get better at some parts of our job. And I'm going to ask Joel Nellis and Matt Kern and Tom Swiddle, for that matter, what we've learned through this that you guys think you might carry over um, once things again. And I'm putting my fingers up in the air with quotations once we get back to some normalcy in this. And we'll continue our conversation. Matt Kern, the head football coach at New Berlin Eisenhower, Joel Nellis, head football coach at Brookfield Central, and the associate head coach, my co-host, uh, Tom Swiddle from Heartland Arrowhead. This is the Pick and Save Wisconsin Football Coaches Association show presented by Pella Windows and Doors Wisconsin 
on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.